Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. I'm the Sam and Sam Says, and today I'm so happy to welcome Jose Ortiz, Femur Administrator at the University of Chicago Medicine, to talk about the Fetal and Infant Mortality Review and how this working group is tackling maternal health disparities in our communities. Welcome, Jose. Hi, Sam. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk about Femur. Thank you for joining, and I'm just, I'm so inspired, awestruck by the work that you do. Um, Can you give our listeners, just a little bit of background on femur, how you got started, and the work that you're doing to address maternal health disparities, um, and specifically when it comes to infant mortality. Sure. So femur, there's actually about 160 femur sites scattered throughout the United States. So the main goal or the main focus of femur is it's a community-based action-oriented process. It's aiming on improving systems, resources for women, infant, and children, families. Um, The main way of doing this is by giving a voice to the families that have gone through a pregnancy or infant loss. We uh, follow up with these families to learn about what was going on in their life before, during, and after a loss to try to identify opportunities, uh, both, you know, at the intervention point, at a policy point, or even redirecting new services. Um, The goal ultimately is by the experience that these families have to guide future, you know, changes. Uh, With femur, you know, the most important thing is getting a community involved, getting individuals um, that are just focused on improving conditions um, and, you know, using that guiding light from the families. Oh, I love that. And, you know, you, when you, especially when you think of pregnancy and infant loss, you you think of heartbreak and and you know, these families are, um, you know, just really at some of their lowest points. And what femur allows them to do is really turn some of that into action and um, to sort of harness um, that, that pain and also that sense of community um, where I, I just, I can't imagine um, what it would feel like to go through that and especially to go through that and feel like you're alone. So having that sense of community, you know, is just so critical. And, and so, you know, to sort of build on that big part, obviously, of what you're working through is always, it's just a hard topic. It's not always at the the forefront when we talk about maternal health, health disparities. Um, And it's hard, it's hard to talk about. Can you talk a little bit more about how you support those affected by infant mortality and delicately bring more awareness to the issue, not to, to scare, but to empower and inform? No, yes. So, yeah, you hit it right, the, the nail on the head. You know, when we're talking to these families and we're talking about this difficult topic, this is easily one of the hardest things they've ever gone through in their life. So we want to be very cautious and very supportive when we're engaging with families. So uh, at the forefront, you know, we have a uh, coordinator, our, our femur coordinator, Rose Aldana, who's done it done an amazing job of engaging with these families just to see how they're at from the beginning. So Rose comes to us with, you know, I think three plus decades of maternal and child health uh, nursing experience. So she's been at all these different points with engaging with families. So the number one thing that she does when she talks to someone is, how are you doing today? 
It's not about getting that interview. It's more so how are you doing today? Because in many situations, um, when a family goes through this, they might be doing okay because they're in shock when it happens. So when somebody comes in with resources or supports, it's no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But then once kind of things sink in, um, it's a very different experience. So the first thing we do is, you know, talk to these families and see if they're okay, connect them to resources, make sure that they are aware that, you know, their, their healthcare providers, their networks have resources available for them, and then also connect them to community-based resources that could help them at that point. Um, when it comes to talking about infant mortality, right, um, in many times, what we hear from families is that femur is a way for them to honor the memory of their baby, specifically because they hope that what we can learn from their experience is something that really can shift and change resources supports so that this doesn't happen to another family. Uh, another thing that we kind of do to make sure that these families are always in our mind, you know, they're always being represented and always being uh, supported is we want to make sure that this connection with them is ongoing. So even if they participate in our project, or even if they don't participate in a project, we want to make sure that they are aware that we are here to give them resources, connect them, but then also uh, on some of the more dedicated parents. And what I mean by dedicated is families that want to continue participating, right? This now creates a, a kind of a, a, a thing in them that they want to make sure that, you know, again, they're actively supporting causes and, and contributing to the work being done. We connect them to different organizations and different uh, outlets for them to do so. You know, one of the big things is, you know, pregnancy and infant uh, aware, loss awareness day that happens in October. And in many situations, a lot of these families want to participate and be family ambassadors and just, again, contribute to the, uh, continue to contribute to the conversation. Oh, I love that. I love that there is an organization out there to help those families where it is a tool that is best for them because everybody grieves differently. It's not going to be a tool for everybody, but for those families where they want to put their grief into action, um, that, that you're there to connect them, but that even if that's not the family or they're not there yet, they, they're, they're grieving in a different way. I love that Rose starts with just, how are they doing? Um, I'm just so grateful for that work. I'm, I'm sure those families that get the support through the most challenging thing I think a parent can ever imagine as a mom. I mean, it, it's, it's so hard to talk about. But as we talk about support and what you've said a few times, and I really want to pull this out because I think there is also a bright light in all of this. And that is the information you learn and how do we talk about prevention? And talk because that's why you do the work. I mean, you do the work to support the families, but it's also to protect other families from ever experiencing, you know, this heartbreak. And so, can you talk a little bit about the work that Firmer is doing and um, to address and prevent infant mortality here in Illinois? Sure. So, um, first, I talked about a little bit about how we're engaging with families. So, let's say we do engage with a family that's willing to participate. Um, once we go through the connection of resources, making sure they're okay and they're ready, we actually have an interview that we do with them. It's a conversation, talking to them about what was going on in their life before, during, and after. We're talking about social determinants of health, access to care, how their care interacted with them, and then also other resources in their community. I mean, we're talking about a lot of things, community violence, walkability, 
all of these things that greatly impact a family's, you know, experience. Uh, what ends up happening after that is we then take these uh, stories or these um, these interviews and our, our coordinator, uh, Rose, turns them into de-identified cases where we have a interdisciplinary group. And these are community organizations, nurses, doctors, you know, neonatology, we have social workers at many different levels, kind of giving their input as to how they think we can, what we can learn from these cases, right? What can be done? Um, so we're getting all of these different viewpoints, we're creating these recommendations. And then the other part of our group, the, our project is we have a community action team. And this is uh, this large group of community-based organizations, faith-based institutions, you know, um, public uh, schools of public health, uh, medical networks, you name it, pretty large network. And they all really get to doing the work. And that's, you know, that's the, the really, really important part. You know, that's where they're coming up with a recommendation that might be as simple as helping with transportation. Well, then they start thinking and breaking that down. What does that look like in a community? So a couple of the things that we're working on right now are actually uh, three recommendations that we're focusing on. A lot of our efforts right now are, so the first one that comes to mind is our transportation. Uh, what we're trying to do is what we learn from families is that transportation, there's just so many barriers to transportation. And one of the things that we've been working actually really close with IMHIP uh, is uh, simplifying and making more accessible this great transportation toolkit that I think there's an opportunity to create a, a resource that is um, easier to access for families um, and can be placed in many different places where families access resources or, you know, uh, a medical office, social work office, whatever. And, you know, they have that opportunity to have this information at their fingertips, but then also create a media campaign around it because this is great information that you guys gathered and it's just get it to the public get it to the community. Um, so we, we're really, really happy and excited about this partnership. And I know that you guys also developed a maternal health toolkit. And uh, we've been working really closely with Judith um, at I'm Hip and also Trisha at I'm Hip. Um, and our goal is uh, in the future to also figure out a way to make that more accessible to families as well. So we're really excited about that partnership and that work that we're collaborating. Uh, the second thing we're doing is we are developing uh, peer led support groups in communities of need. Uh, what that looks like is we already know that medical networks, managed care organizations, they all have these great supports, right? Um, one of the big barriers that a lot of families face is that they're sometimes inaccessible because of the location they're in or they don't feel like they can connect to the group. So what we're doing is we're creating groups in specific communities. So for instance, in Chicago, looking at somewhere like Inglewood, Pullman, creating these networks of support in your own backyard where you can learn from your community, advocate, and just create this network of help and also education. And then the last thing that we're working on right now is addressing implicit bias. Um, and that's a huge, huge, huge undertaking. There's a lot of great work happening uh, from the medical level, from all these medical networks, and also legislatively at helping move this uh, topic forward. Our piece of that puzzle, community. What we're doing is we are building and we're structuring uh, town halls on the topic of implicit bias, focus on bringing community members, local businesses, social service providers, medical networks to have these conversations at the community level. And the goal is to create uh, opportunities for improvement, but then also 
empower the community because I think one of the biggest things that is going to help support this work that's being done is teaching and you know reminding the community that they're part of this conversation and they need to speak up. We want to hear what's going on and what their needs are and we want to make sure that everybody is an equal, you know, an equal participant in this road and this journey. Oh, Jose, there are so many threads I want to pull from that. I'm going to start with your last one. Um, because I cannot agree more about that empowerment of implicit bias training. So um, as our listeners know, we supported and really championed the implicit bias training requirement here at I'm Hip for medical professionals. However, one of the conversations that in that championship was with Leader Greenwood, where she talked about her experience um, as a uh, when she was a, was a pregnant black woman and how she, it, she didn't even realize until far later. And she she tells her story um, in hearings, legislative hearings, talking about the subject that she had been a victim of implicit bias and she didn't realize it until far later. And so the idea of those, that community engagement, that community um, education and empowerment is critical because so you know, until you really start to sit down and think about it and talk about it, you know, there's a, you're just going through a very busy day and it might not be the thing you focus on, but it might be a very important flag, um, to advocate for yourself, to potentially change course, find a different practitioner. You know, it it is really important to empower community members, um, on, on that, um, especially. No, you're completely and totally right. I think the big thing is, you know, in many communities for many individuals, this is life. And we don't understand that it doesn't have to be this way. And, you know, in many, one of the things that I always tell the group and, you know, when we're having these meetings is the fact that the goal is to get community members, to get families, to know, to voice their concerns as soon as that concern pops up. Do not wait until it escalates, it grows into something bigger, or even has a negative outcome. You know, have this conversation. You know, there are, you know, everybody's here to help support each other, but we don't know how to help support each other if we don't know that you have an inquiry, right? If you have a concern, if you have a question. And I think that that's the big thing. Um, I was just having a conversation earlier today, and that, that, that thing comes up of, it's very difficult voicing those concerns while you're at the doctor's appointment, but what if you have it in a, that conversation in a more you know relaxed environment where you may feel a little bit more calmer? These things come out, right? And that's what the goal of that you know our implicit bias kind of approach. Yeah, it's great work happening, and I, I'm I'm happy you know I'm excited to hear that individuals you know people in legislature are using their own experience because it it comes down to that we don't really know that these things are happening until we really sit down and think. Because, um, you know, it, it's just so ingrained in everything. That's exactly right. And, and to that end, you know, your other two, you know, priorities and recommendations, we are so excited to have the I'm Hip team partner on both the transportation toolkit and now the, the maternal health toolkit. Um, you guys are, are just awesome to work with. And I will just give a shout out to Judith and Trisha at the I'm Hip team are just rock stars. I, I'm the luckiest CEO in the world um, to have them on my team. That's for sure. So thank you for giving them a shout out and for the great work you're doing and these three, you know, powerful recommendations around support, peer support 
around bringing the resources. We all, I talk about this all the time. It's not enough to make something a healthcare benefit if members don't know about it. If you don't know about it and you don't use it, it doesn't do us any good that it's covered. And then empowering the community to understand the impact of implicit bias and how to navigate that and how to, you know, em- empowering the community. I think you're just, Jose, you are doing just a phenomenal job. And I'm just so grateful that we here in Illinois, that families in Illinois have you and your leadership. Thank you so much. That means a lot. I, you know, as being a lifelong Chicagoan, uh, coming from a low-income background, you know, I know that these, you know, these are vital things to work on for the community. And, you know, with FEMA, those are the recommendations working on right now. But, you know, we add and adapt to what we're hearing from families. So, you know, the, the work that FEMA does um, is ongoing, right? And, you know, the, the great thing about the work we're doing is that since we're continuously interviewing and following up with families, we kind of have an insight into is the things that we're doing and focusing on actually having that impact. Because if we don't hear that they're an issue moving forward, then we know that, you know, families are getting connected. Jose Ortiz, you are a difference maker. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope you'll come back and join us and update us on the important work you're doing on, you know, as you've pulled sort of completed some of those recommendations and your next iterative, you know, um, work, we want to stay in touch. We want to know what we can do to help to lift that up um, and to work with you to continue to make a difference. So thank you so much. No, thank you. Yes, look forward to giving everybody an update in the coming months uh, on the work we're doing. Oh, great. And to our listeners, to learn more about what I'm Hip is doing and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one, we encourage you to visit our website, imhip.net. And of course, don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the Sam and Sam says. As always, thank you for joining us. And until next time, be well and stay safe.